sermon this morning, you're going to think that we talked with each other about that song in the sermon, but God's always good. It goes along very well with this, this message here this morning. The title of my message is this, one big little word, one big little word. One of the words that children pick up early in age is the word no, don't they? You know, people say, well, I wonder why they learn that so fast, because we've got to tell them no a lot, right? Every parent's worth anything, has got to tell the child no. We got the thing now, we have this idea, now we just try to get their attention somewhere else. They need to understand and learn no means, help me, no. no. And uh, I know some of you are having trouble with that now. Evidently, you didn't learn it when you were a child. But, uh, you know, when, when we would go by the stove and we had a gas stove and when we were kids and we'd reach up there at those little knobs and my mom would say, no. Why? She didn't want us to get burnt. She didn't want us to turn. Just the gas would come in and the house explode or we all die. The no was for a reason to keep us safe. And so what happens, the child, they hear that all the time, and then what do they do? They pull it back on us, don't they? You go clean your room, and then they got that word they've heard you say forever, no. And then you have to teach them something else, amen? But we won't go into that. That's a whole other message. But sadly, many children never understand the word no. And because of that, they get their lives in all kinds of problems, they can't take, I remember my parents used to say, can't you take no for an answer? And uh, that, that, because we'd always keep asking, asking, the answer was no, no, no. And so no is an important word. It's something the children pick up, and it can be abused, too. But there's another little word that children pick up early in life, and that is the word why. And they just, it just sometimes with a child... Kids are wonderful, aren't they? Most of the time. And uh, kids are wonderful, but you, you know what they do? They pick up that word, why? And that's something that can almost drive you nuts sometimes. I don't know, maybe not you, but me with my, I'm expecting them to learn it now and quit asking why, just take my, my word for it, but they'll come up with the word, why? And uh, they, 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 they ask that question, and what happens is they, they ask the question, why, and then we give them an answer. That's not enough, is it? Because what do they do? You give them the answer, and they go, well, why? And then you go give a little bit more answer, and then all of a sudden they go, oh, well, why? And then you begin as a parent running out of things to say, and you just go, go to your room. <laughs> You're out of answers. And don't say no as you go to your room. But they ask that question, why? And on and on it goes. But wait a minute. It's not just kids that ask the question, why? Yeah, they do, and sometimes crazy things. You know, why do dogs wag their tails? Because God made them that way. Why? I don't know. But sometimes adults ask the same question, don't we? Why? Why we ask when we look at our, open our mail up, and we ask, why did they send this to me? I get, <laughs> we get some of the craziest mail sometimes. I get 
advertisement for Chewy. I don't have a dog. I don't want a dog. I don't have a cat. I never wanted a cat. Thank you. But I get this Chewy, and I'm like, why do they send it? But I'll tell you something even crazier. We get coupons all the time for Pampers. And I look at my wife, I said, something you're not telling me? <laughs> she probably looks at me and says, well, if they're big enough, I know who can wear them. But amen. Anyways. But here, here, here's the thing. We, 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 don't we, we ask the question, why? Why is this on my bill? Why is it so expensive? Why? And we don't have to ask that when we go to the gas pumps because now they have little stickers that says, I did this. Amen? So we know why the price is so high. But probably the question why is asked to somebody more than anyone else. I know right away we might think, well, you know, who would ask it more than a child to their parents? But I really believe it's asked by more people, not to their parents, but to God. You ever stop and think how many times God hears that question, why? Of course, we've never done that, right? No, we do it all the time. We may not say it out loud, but in our mind, we begin to question, why has this happened? Why am I going through what I'm going through right now? Why is this happening to me? It happens, doesn't it? I mean, be honest this morning, amen. It happens where we things, where the troubles and the and, and, and the difficulties come in our life, and then we, we, we go through that, and we begin to wonder, why is this happening to me? We need to face it. Sometimes we go through things that make us wonder. Sometimes it's tragedies in our life. Now, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not making light of any tragedy or problem that we have. But I'm going to try to help you this morning not have to say why all the time. But tragedies come in our way, and, 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 and we wonder why. I mean, it seems like everything is going fine in our life, and, and I mean, just what do we need to worry about? Everything's fine, the sun is shining, and, and our health is good. But it, all it takes is one test to find out your health's not any good anymore. All it takes is a moment for someone to go through a red light and smash into your car. Things change so fast, don't they? Tragedies come, miseries come. And yes, iniquities come. I'd be glad one of these days when we don't sin anymore. Many times we think, boy, I wish I wouldn't have said that. I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I wouldn't have thought that. We ask why when the tragedies and the miseries and the iniquities and then even, even the, 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 uh, the, the things when it just seems like it's not fair. Sometimes, let's be honest this morning, sometimes it just seems like things don't add up. I have my own idea the way things ought to be, don't you? And yet they don't add up. I'm like, why not? There it is, why? Why isn't this happening? 
Why isn't that? And, and, and sometimes we just blurt it out and say why, but I, you think about it. What we're really doing, we're trying to throw it towards God and saying, God, why? Because we do believe God's in charge. God knows everything that's going on. Sometimes things just don't seem to add up. That's what happened in Job's life. Job's life, I can, I can imagine the way he felt that if you go back to verse number 3, well, let's, let's back up there to verse number uh, 2. It says, even today is my complaint bitter. My stroke is heavier than my groaning. Oh, that I knew where I might find him. That I might come even to his seat. I think Job's got to this place now where he's saying, Lord, I just don't understand. I can't seem to find you. Lord, why am I going through this problem? Why do I have this heartache? Why is this happening? God, this doesn't add up. You blessed me so much. And I just not long ago, I sat there with all my family and all the wealth that you've given me and all the things that I have. And now here I am. Job said, as we read those verses, he said, I go forward, but you're not there. Why? He said, I go back, backward, and I can't find him on my right hand, left hand. He said, I cannot see him. Can't you hear him saying, why? God, I thought you were, you were almighty. God, I, 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 you know everything. God, I know how great you are. Job felt, Job felt that way. And yet I understand what God had to say about Job. Go to chapter number one, if you would please. Remember what God had to say about Job? Look at verse number one. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. That man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. I don't know about you, but I can't find a thing wrong in that verse with Job. Go with me to verse number 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth? A perfect and an upright man, and one that feareth God, and escheweth evil. Can you find a thing wrong with that man? Why, there's not a thing in the world you could look at. In fact, you said, preacher, I mean, I mean, he, he was just made like we were. I understand that. But look what God says. God talks about him in such glowing terms. And yet Job came to a place and he said, Man, I look behind me. I looked in front of me. I can't find you. God, I'm going through this. He's saying, why? Why is this happening to me? I thought about another man. His name is David. We all know him in the Bible. We look at David and think about his life there, and God tells us that he's a man after God's own heart. But listen to what he said in Psalm 74 and verse number 1. He said this, O God, why hast thou cast us off forever? Why doth thine anger smoke against the sheep of thy pasture? 
Here was David again. We're not talking about some drunk out there that stumbles along and has all kinds of problems and looking up to God in his drunken stupor saying, God, why is this happening? Here is David, a man after God's own heart, who says, God, why? Why? Why hast thou cast us off forever? Two times in that verse, why doth thine anger smoke against the sheep of thy pasture? David was asking God that one big little word, why? The great Jeremiah, the prophet, another great man of God, wasn't he? I mean, he had, I mean, God had blessed him in a mighty way. And Jeremiah, the prophet, said in Jeremiah 15, 18, why is my pain perpetual? And my wound incurable, which refuseth to be healed, wilt thou be altogether unto me as a liar and as waters that fail? Jeremiah, this man who knew God, this man that had the hand of God upon him, though he came to a place in his life where he looked up and said, God, why is this happening? So I look at Job, I look at David, I look at Jeremiah, and I think, you know, these are pretty important people, aren't they? And the Bible has so much good to say about these men. But you see, they were still men. And they still had situations that happened in their life that caused them to say, why? In life, we make our way through what seems so oftentimes like a maze, doesn't it? About one moment, things are well, and the next moment, you can't find your way. One moment, everything just seems to be going so perfect, and the next moment, you've got trials and troubles. Questions with no answers. Mysteries without any solutions, it seems. One day, there's answer to prayer. Amen. Amen. I'm always glad when God answers prayer, aren't you? He does all the time. In our Sunday school class, we started something new. Before we get into our lesson, we take a moment to thank God for some blessings. And God's so good to us. We can go through and we start talking about the blessings of God. Maybe some folks may say, well, what a waste of time. Really? Bragging on Jesus is a waste of time? I don't think so. But I, I think, you know, one day there's that, that miracle, and we, we brag about how wonderful God is, and the next day there's misery. Yeah, I remember when I got the phone call about cancer. We've been to church. It just seems so good to be, I love going to church. It was so good. Wednesday night, we got home from church, and I'm standing there, just put my keys on the counter where I always do, right by the phone, and all of a sudden the phone rang, and it was the doctor. And he said, your biopsy came back. And he said, you have cancer. And I'm telling you what, my world dropped out from underneath me, it seemed like. I sat down in the chair, and I said, what? And he began to explain to me all the numbers and everything and what I need to do and who he's getting me in contact with when you take care of this. I'm like, you know, just a few moments ago, I was having a good time at church with everybody. And now it seems like the bottom dropped out. You, you know what came into my mind? 
that little big word, why? There wasn't joy, but don't look so sad. I'm here. You ain't getting rid of me that easy. You know, like they say, the wicked never die young. And I'm only 68, and that's kind of young. It's, it used to not be, but these days it's young. But you know, sometimes it's a miracle, the next minute it's a misery. And we scratch our heads and we wonder why. You just lead someone to Christ, and you're so excited about it, and then all of a sudden you've got a problem in your home. You're devastated. Those things happen. Life is sometimes like the weather, isn't it? Sun is shining. I remember one day, my son, Nancy Lewis, was watching Mark when he was a little boy. I was at Gary and Nancy's house. My wife went in to get Mark, and I'm in the car. I remember, I'll never forget this time. I'm sitting in the car waiting for him to get Mark, and I'm looking up in the sky because they said there's going to be a huge snowstorm that evening. And I thought, they're crazy. It's nice out. I looked up into the sky. I'm sitting there waiting. I can still see it. I'm looking up at the blue sky. And I'm like, there's not a cloud in the skies. It's not going to snow. It's a good thing I'm not a meteorologist. Because that night, it poured snow down. I think school was canceled the next day. I remember that. <laughs> and uh, no school. But uh, I... I, I I thought, you know, things happen so fast. People could be in places where the sun is shining, and the next thing you know, a tornado comes through. People, How many people have gone to bed at night, and, and the nice breeze is blowing in the windows, and they go to sleep, and all of a sudden they're awakened by the sirens, and they hear the rumbling of a tornado, and their house is torn to pieces. That's the way life is sometimes, isn't it? It's up, it's down, and we ask the question, why? One day it's green pastures and still waters. And the next day it's the dark valleys and the murky waters. And then we come up with the question once again, why? A why that we have that oftentimes we have to wait for the answer. God doesn't answer all of a sudden when we say why. Job was wondering where God was at, and God didn't answer right away. David felt the same way, and Jeremiah too. I mean, Jeremiah's, he's all upset about this. I think, you know, when we pray, we ask God why, we want that answer right away. But have we not told our children sometimes when they ask us why? Don't worry. Everything's all right. I believe our Heavenly Father says this morning, don't worry. Everything's all right. The question why comes to our minds every time we walk through the hospital room, the hospital hallways. Every time we go, I'll be honest with you, every time I go to the rest home to see somebody, it just seems to pop in my mind, why? Gordon, who I visited for years, he was a crippled man, had cerebral palsy, never really able to walk. He was, what, 70, I think, 72, something like that. And God took him home. But I remember sitting next to him. 
And I'm talking with him, and the man, his hands were all like this all the time. Laying in a bed, they put him to bed about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They wouldn't get him up out of that bed into a chair until like 9 or 10 o'clock in the morning. I suffered so much. I'll be honest with you, sometimes when I walked out of his house, that word came to mind. Why? In fact, I heard him say it. He said, preacher, why won't God just let me go on to heaven? But you see, God knows what's best. But the question comes. The question comes, why, when we have to go to the funeral home, when we, of course, think it's too soon? We ask why. We know when those, we go to the cemetery and we walk there. And that cemetery is such a lonely place to us where the one that we love with all of our heart, that body, the house that they lived in is, is buried there. We know they're with the Lord. But then the question comes, why? Why now? Horrific things happen in our nation. And we wonder why. Hearts are broken. Lives are messed up. And there comes that big little word, why? I was thinking, I wonder how many whys God gets every day. Millions upon millions of whys. Oh, you may sit here and smug thinking, you know, I never would say that. But I think anyone that lives in flesh sometimes has that go through their mind. Why? But I'm glad to tell you something here this evening, this evening, this morning. I believe God's patient with our complaints. You might want to say amen on that. I'm glad he's not impatient I'm glad God doesn't say you know what you're not trust me right now you ask me why well I am not going to help you God's not that way God is patient with us I'm glad he was patient with me and getting saved I'm glad that God didn't say all right Mark I gave you your opportunity that day and you did not get saved so that is it I'm glad God was patient with me and I'm glad that God is patient with me when I sometimes, when I look at the problems and I look at the troubles and I look at the trials that we go through and I begin to ask God, why? God doesn't say, well, if you're not going to trust me, I'll not be your God. That's not what he does. He's patient with us. He knows our frame. He knows we're needy people. But I began to think, I know, he's, I know he understands us. And I know he's patient with me. But I also know this. There's really, are you listening? There's really no reason for us to ask God why. Oh, we do it. But nobody has ever had a good reason to. You hear that? We don't have a good reason to ask God why. You see, the thing is that what God has done, he's gathered up all of our agony and all of our distresses 
And he answered our whys with this. The word why. What? All of our whys is answered by God saying why? You see, his why is something we cannot fathom. But we can rest in its certainty that it's found the reason for all of our sorrow. God knows. The key to all of our troubles and the fulfillment of every shattered dream is found in that why. Now go with me and I'll share with you what I'm talking about. Psalm number 22. This happened centuries before the crucifixion. Isn't the Bible an amazing book? God shows us even before something happened. In Psalm number 22, the Bible said, notice this, this, is, this, this Psalm here is talking about Jesus dying on the cross. And here David puts into words what was going to happen a long time off. Did you notice verse number one? These are the words that Jesus Christ said on the cross of Calvary. He said, my God, my God, what's that next word? Why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Two times in that verse. It was Jesus. Oh, David is telling us the story of the crucifixion. But it was Jesus. If you look down at verse number 7, it talks that you can see what it was talking about, the, the Lord. Verse 7, And all they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip, they shake the head, saying, verse 8, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. They were saying, remember that he said about Jesus on the cross, Go ahead, deliver yourself. Come down off that cross. Look at verse number, uh, verse number uh, 14. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. Look at verse number 18. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. What we're talking about here, what David is mentioning here, is telling us about is the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a word picture of Calvary. What he was showing was there where Jesus said why. All of our whys was answered by that why on the cross of Calvary. What's interesting about the crucifixion is the crucifixion is something that is done by the Romans and not the Jews. It was not a Jewish form of execution. We think about David was a Jew. He's talking about these things. His bones had a joint, the agony, the thirst, the pierced hands and feet, the scornful onlookers, and the casting of lots. All of those things were fulfilled when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. And our Lord climaxed it all by saying this, as he's been beaten and he's nailed to the cross of Calvary. He cries out these words, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That why answered all of our whys. Do you understand what happened? This is, this is something you won't be able to put your, wrap your mind around. 
but God forsook God. Jesus, God in the flesh, cried out, My God, my God, why hast thou, thy father, forsaken me? This has never happened before. You see, what had, what had happened there, what just happened was that the holy God in heaven could not look on the sin and turned his back upon the Savior, the Son of God. And Jesus, while Jesus drank of the dregs of that cup and sin was dealt with once and for all. I don't think we can comprehend what Jesus really did. Well, you know, we see the pictures and the Catholics will have the crucifix. I don't think that's a real picture of Christ on the cross. I don't think anyone would hang that up in their house if they had a picture of the way Jesus looked on the cross. Not only about the body, what happened to them, but understand what more was. That was gross. That was terrible. That was awful what was happening to his body. But understand the most horrible thing that happened to Jesus was that all the sins of you and I and every person that ever lived was put upon the body of Jesus Christ. It wasn't just, I mean, if I looked at his back and it was ribbons of skin and we would look and we would turn our backs from it, that is nothing compared to what had happened and all the sin of mankind was put upon him. The judgment seat became the mercy seat for you and I. Why hast thou forsaken me? Jesus was paying the ultimate price. Why? For God so loved the world. That's you and I. How could we ask him why when we stop and realize why Jesus asked that question? Why? And we know the answer. All the sins of mankind was put upon him. He was forsaken that we would never be forsaken. He assures me that the destruction of Satan will come someday. Hallelujah. Someday all our fears will vanish. All of our tears will dry up. All that we lost temporary, we will gain eternally. That's why we can really, really, really believe Romans 8, 28. For we know, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. We like to throw that verse out to everybody, but let's take it in this morning. All things work together for good. If that be so, and I believe it is, we're going to have to quit asking why. Amen. The answer's there. We ask the question why, and then we come up with conclusions, don't we? And sometimes, you ever said this? I know why they did that. Like you're a mind reader. Sometimes we make the wrong conclusion when we ask the word why, don't we? 
That's why we don't need to ask God why. Oh, we're going to still be tempted to say why. But if today we would stop and realize there's a God in heaven that loves me more than anything even I can comprehend. That when God looked down and saw Jesus, what was Jesus doing? He was taking every sin that you ever committed and put it upon himself. You see, the fact of the matter is, God's still working on us. You ever been around a construction site before? You find that there's a lot of bits and pieces of things laying around and rubbish. I remember when they were building this building, I was so excited about it. About every day, I'd come up here and see what was going on. They probably got it done faster if I'd stayed away. But I like to see what was happening. But I'd get up here, and, and I mean, always stepping over pieces of board that had been cut off. Some metal pieces, some wire, some, all, all different kinds of stuff. Sawdust all over the place. But you know what he was doing? He was building a beautiful building. And it was getting closer and closer. And finally, you know, they had it all, all inside all done. And they swept it out. But outside, there were still some pieces laying out there. And they had to backfill some area. There was still a mess out there. But you know what? Finally, that day came when all the rubbish was removed. And sure enough, a beautiful building. One of these days, the rubbish is all going to be removed. This robe of flesh I'll drop and rise to seize the everlasting prize. Oh, thank the Lord, one of these days, I know, I don't understand now. He'd be like coming up here, oh man, why did you cut that piece of board off? Why is that nail, that bent nail, why is it laying there? Why is that piece of trash laying there? Well, here it was. It was needed to make the building what it is today. And God says, I know what I'm doing. Just trust me. It's kind of like the little boy one day was watching his mother make a cake. All little boys like to do that. It's not so much they like bacon, they like eating. And he'd watch mom make the cake and she'd put through it. Not, I'm not talking about a Betty Crocker box. I'm talking a, a, a from scratch. She's making this cake. She puts that flour in. The little boy goes over and he tastes that flour. That's terrible, mom. And then she puts something else in. I'm not too sure about what all the scratch stuff is. Because I've never really had an itching for doing it, amen. What happens? She puts something else in the little boy. She mixes it all together. She says, you just wait. Puts it in the oven. Don't it smell good? You smell that cake bacon? If you say right, yes right now, you're evidently dreaming. You smell that cake, and all of a sudden she brings it out. What little boy didn't want to try it right away? Mom said, oh, let it cool down a little bit. I'm going to ice it first. And finally that time comes, the icing's put on it, it's cooled down. She pops it out of the pan, you know. I guess you'd probably want to pop it out before you iced it, I guess. I'm not sure. I remember, I'm the eater, not the fixer, amen. And uh, all of a sudden, he gets that fork or gets that piece of cake in his hand like a good little boy would do and pops that up in his mouth. And, oh, it tastes so a lot of times life has got parts that are distasteful. God's making a beautiful cake. 
God's mixing something together that's going to be delicious. And when we get to heaven, we're not going to sit around saying, I got a complaint, Lord. I think we're all going to say, God, you've been so good to me. I think we're probably going to have to say, Lord, sorry I ever said why. Lord, I'm kind of glad you didn't always tell me why. You said, trust me. But you know what? Today, when you ask why, you can know the answer. Why, Lord? Because of Calvary. His answer came with his why. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Because Jesus loved you so much. We don't have to ask him why. I know we're tempted oftentimes to say it. But you know what? One of these days, the question marks that we have will be straightened out into exclamation points. Where now I see. Let's trust him today. Amen. Oh, he said, well, that's a good message. Well, then practice it. Let's do what it says. I'm not saying you're not going to be tempted to say why. But when you are, after you say why, oh, I know you already answered it, Lord. I'm just going to trust you. For we know all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. It's still in your Bible, isn't it? It's still in that old King James Bible. It's still there. And it's still true. Why? It was answered at Calvary. You know, God loves you so much, he wanted you to go to heaven one day. And this morning, if you're not sure of salvation, you need to be sure today. You need to call upon him and be saved. I'm not going to answer all your questions, and I can't. But I believe we can get to a place where we just trust God no matter what. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for the opportunity to come to church this morning. And I thank you for the opportunity to bring a message that I, I, I think, if I made it plain, I think we can get it. We can understand it. That God help us to practice it. Lord, we just need to get our eyes on you instead of our problems and our troubles and trust you. Lord, you're always good. You always are, and we thank you for it. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed right now, maybe you're here this morning, you're not even sure of heaven. You may say, why all these things? You understand why did Jesus go to the cross of Calvary so that you could be saved? And there he even asked the question, why? Why hast thou forsaken me? The answer, because of the sin of mankind. It wasn't because of sin, his sin. It was the sin of mankind. I wonder if there'd be anyone here this morning said, Preacher, if I died right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven. But I'd sure like to know that. I'd like to be sure of that this morning before I leave. I wonder, would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Preacher, I don't know I'm saved. I don't know I'd go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. Pray for me, anyone this morning. Christian this morning, 
yeah, there's problems and trials. And when we say why, we're in a crowd with some really great people. You think maybe David now understands a whole lot better than he did? Sure. Job? Yeah. Jeremiah? Yeah, sure. And everybody else that used to ask why. Let's get a head start on them. Realize God's good now. And understand what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. Maybe this morning you ought to make a decision. You know what, God? I'm just going to I'm going to work on not saying why anymore. And every time I get ready to say why, or even when I do, I'm going to stop and realize you said it on the cross of Calvary, and your why answers mine. Maybe God spoke to your heart this morning. The altar's open. Father, bless. Oh, speak to us today. Lord, help us to glean from this message what we need this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shall we stand? As the song is played, you need to come. The altar's open. You do what God says today. If you're not